Aqua Lads and Aqua Lasses. Welcome back to the Aqua Cave podcast feed. It is Bright Man, so let's figure out what bright idea Johnny C has today. Well, it's back to school season, and I don't really know who's more stressed out, the kids or the parents. Ah, but who really cares? This isn't some sort of nonsensical modern age parenting podcast. It's back to school season, which means Summer Slam! But, Alas, I checked with my local cable operator, and I told them I was ready to view SummerSlam on a pay-per-view basis, and they said, what the fuck are you talking about? I guess SummerSlam already happened. Okay, that, that whole thing's a gag. I'm aware that SummerSlam already happened. So, my goal for today was to bring a little SummerSlam to you right when you need it. But something funny happened on my way to reviewing SummerSlam's big double main event from 1990. I got a little sidetracked. I began watching SummerSlam 90, and vivid memories returned to me. Memories of 1990 itself. Well, you could say, Johnny, that makes sense. You're watching SummerSlam 90, but no. It's June 25th, 1990, and I'm at the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio, attending what I assumed was a WWF house show, or just a show with a card that I'd be in and out of in a couple hours. Little did I know, I was attending a marathon taping session for primetime wrestling and superstars of wrestling. And you know, I didn't even remember that I saw things like this. I had to look it up. I saw the Ultimate Warrior take on the Earthquake for the WWF Championship. I saw SummerSlam come early when Jake the Snake battled Bad News Brown. I even saw the debut of the Legion of Doom. Now, when I did read that, I did remember it very vividly, so give me a little bit of credit. But the one thing I always remember about this particular television taping was not only the length, but that I was on campus for the legendary founding of a fraternity of freaks. No, those are just words that start with F. I saw Hercules and Paul Roma forge their friendship and create a unity that would indubitably become one of the coolest tag teams in WWF history that got done dirty. And so what we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to deep dive to an introductory course I'm calling Power and Glory 101. We're going to relive some of the early moments of Paul Roma and Hercules' unique configuration, And we're going to climax with a review of their first big match together from SummerSlam 1990. And a little teaser, folks. I like the match quite a bit, but how high will I go with the star rankings? Let's not wait any further. Let's get into it. Now, I will freely admit, wrestling fans, that I am not some sort of know-it-all when it comes to everything about professional wrestling. But when I decided I wanted to do Power and Glory, that's what she said, uh, I, d- I did do a little bit of internet research, and I stumbled upon some interesting tidbits in the building blocks and formation of Power and Glory. That's, that really sounds like something Tony Schiavone would say. And hey, speaking of Tony, let's go to March 12, 1990. Well, that's a Monday night. For Monday Night Primetime Wrestling. Because on this edition of Primetime Wrestling, Tony Schiavone and Lord Alfred Hayes hosted an interesting tag team confrontation between the Brooklyn Brawler and Black Bart taking on a makeshift tag team 
of the mighty Hercules and Paul Roma. As the match starts, the heels are in the ring. And, you know, my Tony Schiavone impression is pretty unique. I've been told I kind of make him sound like Miss Piggy. But what is it about WWF 1990 or WWF Tony Schiavone that makes him sound like he's underwater all the time? Wow, what an odd couple. You've got a man from Texas and a guy from Brooklyn. Two absolute extremes. There, you're right, Tony. Their opponents are two very strong individuals. You can uh, also throw in quick Paul Roma and the Mighty Hercules, and this has all the makings of a great tag team match. Yes, it does, but all these pairings are absolutely new to each other. I would imagine Roma and Hercules will form together more as a team. So power and glory coming out here for a tag team match a few weeks before WrestleMania 6. Keep in mind, folks, the incidents that I talked about in our little prologue don't happen until July. And, they're, you know, like I say, they're baby faces here. Some interesting notes. They run down to the ring using the theme song of the Mighty Hercules. They are, however, wearing matching white boots with black trunks for a taste of things to come. Now, this stands out to me because I think I've made it clear. I've seen WrestleMania 6 a trillion times. Hercules still rocking the blue at Mania. So I'm definitely considering this a test run. Perhaps, for the duration of this encounter, we should call them mighty and pretty, question mark? Because, you know, they're not power and glory quite yet. Now, I watched this match, and here are some of the highlights. As the match begins, Roma and the Brooklyn Brawler are starting off, but the Brooklyn Brawler refuses to take off his hat or remove his cigar. This debate rages on, and the Brooklyn Brawler cheap shots Paul Roma with the reverse, reverse knife edge chop. Now, fans, I am not exaggerating to you. This chop was square across the face of Pretty Paul Roma, and it made a very loud noise. Uh, I think based on this, we can conclude that the Brooklyn Brawler must lay his knapsack in the English portion of Brooklyn, because this was a straight-up, old-fashioned, I challenge you to a duel, bitch slap. Paul Roma... Looks like goddamn Two-Face for the first portion of this match because one side of his face is purple and the other side is normal Paul Roma flesh color. But let's get into the actual match. Roma is super quick in this thing. And he definitely has sort of a tweener feeling to his, well, some of his stuff. And here's what I mean by that. So, and especially I'm wondering if the slap was something that was done to allow Roma to be a little more brutal. But he puts the Brooklyn Brawler in a headlock, and they get close to the corner where Black Bart is standing. Black Bart extends his hand out for a tag, and Roma just straight up kicks him right in the hand as he, you know, leaves the head, still has this headlock on the Brawler. Uh, it's kind of a heel move, right? I mean, the baby faces would allow tags. I don't know. It just, it just stood out to me as like, oh, here we go, doing some doing some character stuff here. And, uh, of course, after this kick to the hand, my entire thesis is thrown out the window because Black Bart runs in, Paul Roma, still with the headlock on the brawler, leaps up, puts a head scissors on Black Bart. Again, the headlock's still locked in. Roma is suspended in the air. He rolls to his right and flips both fucking guys over for a massive baby face. I mean, this, is, this looks fantastic! It's very interesting and entertaining. Later, all four of the guys uh, are fighting in the ring. Hercules, join Siracus, says Tony. Then Mighty and Pretty hit stereo running suplexes. 
we then get what would become a trademark of theirs, that patented, heelish-looking, power-and-glory high-five. Uh, fun little tidbit just for, you know, longtime fans. Tony encourages us to make sure we watch the Ultimate Challenge special on March 25th. Matches signed include the Macho King versus Dusty Rhodes, the Red Rooster versus the Million Dollar Man, and the Big Boss Man takes on Boris Zhukov right here on the USA Network. And yes, I left that pause in on purpose because it definitely feels like he forgot the name of the network there on there at the end. Oh, Wonderful matches there, Tony. Bossman and Boris sounds like a tremendous contest. Zukov is a big, big Russian. <laughs> Folks, I don't mind telling you it sounds like Lord Al has been hanging out with his demons. <laughs> if he truly believes that that's going to be a good match. Later, Hercules stomps on Black Bart's hands, which again is kind of heelish. Uh, but then he pays for it immediately by getting his eyes raked. So... When, 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 when Power and Glory 1.0 do heelish things, uh, you know, they pay for it a little bit here. Tony says that Hercules will have his hands full on April 1st at 4 p.m. with the earthquake. Paul Roma, of course, would win his match at WrestleMania 6 in a dark match against this very same Brooklyn Brawler. Mighty and Pretty then hit a nice double-team Irish whip that makes the heels run into one another. Uh, this makes Lord Alfred have a laughing fit because the Brooklyn Brawler and Black Bart are just not working together well as a unit. What do you think Hercules could do against the earthquake at WrestleMania? No, actually, a lot, quite honestly. Folks, I hope Lord Alfred is not a betting man, because, uh, well, (laughs) yeah. Quick tags by uh, Mighty and Pretty. Roma tags in Hercules. Then, he does a motherfucking head scissors on Black Bart and transitions it into a cross arm breaker in 1990. Hercules is the legal man, so he goes off the ropes and drops a fist on Black Bart when he's down in this position. Later in the contest, Roma does a third head scissors, but Black Bart drops him into the wrong corner of town, and we get a face in peril sequence. Lord Alfred on the call. Roma, with another complicated maneuver. Oh, but his timing and geography was a little off on that one. Hercules comes in because of the double teaming, and of course the ref holds him back, so we get more double teaming. The heels whip Paul Roma into the ropes. They then link hands for a big double clothesline. However, pretty Paul Roma says, fuck you bitches, and he jumps over their locked arms, front flips in the air, then rolls to the corner to tag Hercules. Are you fucking kidding me with this? Where are these guys been? They're awesome. Hercules cleans house. He hits a hard power slam on the Brooklyn Brawler, then tags Roma. Roma goes up top. Hercules with the rocket launcher flying press. Top by tossing Roma. One, two, three, fuck, and yes, please, give me more. Give me more. This is just a tremendous example of how beneficial jobber matches are as well. And you know, it's not like it was a short thing. It's a full nine-minute match. But it was worth every second, and I'm so glad that I watched it. So this shows me right here that there is tremendous potential with this combination. They have a babyface style with heel tendencies. I love it, and it's only going to get better. Let's then fast forward to the July 9th, 1990 edition of Wrestling Challenge. So way in the future from March. It's the Orient Express versus Hercules and Jim McPherson with Gorilla and Bobby on the call. As the babyfaces come down the aisle... Well, Monsoon, here comes a guy with a lot of chains. You know, if this guy were smart, he'd go back to being a slave for Ted DiBiase. 
And oh my god, I hope the audience is aware of the history here with Hercules because, well, let's just hope they know that Bobby isn't talking about Mr. McPherson, who I've never encountered before, but it, the, the optics here are not good. All right? Here comes the Orient Express. You know, Fuji told me when they win the tag gold, they're only going to defend it in their native soil. Will you stop? Okay, he doesn't say will you stop, but it is some great tremendous back and forth between Bobby and Gorilla. The match action itself isn't super important, but again, there are some interesting late 80s Japanese panic uh, on commentary. You know, Japan owns everything, they own Manhattan, blah 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 blah. Eventually, in the match, Hercules hits a big military press slam, and Gorilla and Bobby both use the word power a lot to describe him. He then poses after this military press. Oh, look at that, Gorilla! He has humanoid on his boots! <laughs> it is true, Hercules is rocking large H's on Das Boots. Gorilla drops knowledge that this match shouldn't actually be taking place, as McPherson's partner didn't show up tonight, but Herc jumped right in and volunteered. You know what he didn't volunteer for, Brain? Being a slave! But you still sort him upriver! Wow! The WWF making a callback to a three-year-old storyline on their television program. Worth watching all of this just to get that reference. Oh, it was a business deal! He was cared for! Three squares a day and a place to sleep? McPherson then tags in, and is jobberific, of course. A sit-out powerbomb by Tanaka gets the 1-2-3 on Mr. McPherson. Bobby calls it the Japanese Vegematic. Post-match, Hercules checks in on his fallen teammate. Well, Hercules, with another bad move, he picked a ham and egger for his partner. The Orient Express then attack the fallen god with a blatant double-team maneuver. See, Hercules, you never volunteered, dummy. Fuji then swings his cane at Hercules. Bobby with the call. Back, 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 back. It's gone. Ooh, what a swing Fuji has. Let's get some help. Oh, Roma. Paul Roma out of nowhere. Well, you know, Roma's always looked up to Hercules. He always admired the way Hercules trains. So he's coming to help his pal. Isn't that sweet? What's wrong with you? These guys have been friends for a long time. Yeah, the, the, the beaver comes down to help his brother. Oh, give me a break, brain! And that ends the Hercules portion of the program. Roma coming to the aid of Hercules does indeed lay the groundwork that they are friends. Now, I'm assuming that this isn't designed to infer that people remember their trial run back in March, but if they do, it works as well. Now, let's fast forward two weeks later to July 21st, 1990, in the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio, where young Johnny C. was about to witness something that, at the time, I will admit, thought was a very big deal. And I'm not just saying that, because here I am doing a show on power and glory. Like, it felt like a thing, like an actual storyline uh, maneuver. So, I always it's always stood out to me that I was here for this. Paul Roma hits the ring to do battle with Dino Bravo, and he throws up the Superfly sign right away, so not a great start. Here comes Dino Bravo. Now, Vince and Jesse are arguing about the ultimate warrior and ravishing Rick Rude. We must have just come from a segment that covered their uh, match at SummerSlam. McMahon is telling Jesse that the, uh, you know, because Jesse's all like, well, the Rude's beating the warrior. 
Vince says the warrior that Rude beat for the Intercontinental title is not the same Ultimate Warrior that Rude will face at SummerSlam. Jesse, you telling me there's two Ultimate Warriors, McMahon? Folks, there you have it. There is where the rumor started. When Dino Bravo enters the ring, he tries to throw his cape off in one fluid motion, and he almost hangs himself with the portion that goes around his neck, so off to a great start. Bravo, of course, the corner man for the earthquake at SummerSlam. The bell rings. Should be an outstanding matchup, Jesse. Roma, always in good condition. You know, the only problem with Paul Roma is he's got a million-dollar body and a ten-cent brain. Roma, flying around in this matchup, showing that athleticism that we saw in March, when he does triple leapfrogs over a rope-running Dino Bravo. I will say this, though. He's lucky that that fucking mound of pubes on top of Dino Bravo's head doesn't knock him out of the air. Flying cross body block from Roma gets two, but Dino takes control with an inverted atomic drop. Jimmy on the megaphone, he yells, Come on, take care of that hot shot, baby! Vince then expands on commentary with a thoughtful dad voice. You know, that is one thing that I think you could say about Roma. He does have a hot shot attitude, a certain air about him that's not all that likable if you know what I mean. So, Gorilla and Bobby put over the power in their portion, and here Vince is laying groundwork for glory. Vince doesn't let up, though. Later in the match, Jesse, Roma's one of those guys that's very high on himself. His appearance means a lot to him. So what's the matter with that, McMahon? I'm like that. Oh, well, uh, that's that's what I mean. (laughs) Roma, up top, hits a sunset flip. What a dangerous maneuver! One, two, no, he didn't get him. Roma leaps again, but gets caught with that patented Dino Bravo side suplex. One, two, three. Post-match, Jimmy Hart lobs the megaphone high into the air. What is this, Jesse? Are they playing catch? Boom! Dino catches the megaphone and straight to the back of the head from Roma. He doesn't even see what happens. We get a replay of the finishing sequence and the megaphone shot. Well, all right, folks. Standing by right now, Rugged Ronnie Garvin. I think he's having some fun this week. We cut to Rugged Ronnie Garvin in front of a backdrop holding a fucking WWF ice cream bar wrapped up tight in the packaging. Uh, I will try to do my best, Ronnie Garvin, but I never planned to do it, so here we go. You know, being rugged is tough work, so now and then I take a break. With my favorite WWF superstars of wrestling, Ice Cream Bar. (laughs) He then opens the package and takes a ridiculous bite (laughs) and makes this noise. (laughs) This whole Power and Glory show was worth it just to see that. I'm blown away. We're back in the arena, though, after the brief advertisement. Here come the Rockers! Small problem, though. Paul Roma is still down and out of it in the corner. HBK notices that Roma has misplaced his smile, and he goes to check on him. The Rockers make the mistake of picking him up right as he's coming to. So now, of course, from Paul Roma's point of view, I get this, man. He's knocked out by unseen forces. Now he's waking up, and he's being touched, lifted, and cornered by a couple of tag team specialists. They then back him into the corner. They seriously do. Now, they are just kind of talking to him, but Roma is surrounded like a caged animal. Roma pushes Marty, 
HBK is like, oh, wait a minute here, Roma. Did you push my partner? Don't make me kick your teeth right down your throat. Paul shoves Marty again, and this time Marty goes down on his keister. Now Sean gets a push. What is going on, Jesse? Well, maybe Roma thinks it was the rockers that submarined him. Hercules runs down to help his best friend. He's got his black and whites on. And so does Paul, which is something I didn't notice before. But now they're standing together. I notice both have black trunks with white boots. Oh, it's happening. Uh, Hercules pushes both the rockers away single-handedly because, you know, he's a god and shit. Lots of trash talking and shoving. We're supposed to have a matchup with the rockers. Well, first of all, I think the rockers are at fault here. What business is it if they're... <laughs> what business of it if they're... <laughs> What business of it is theirs what happened to Paul Roma? <laughs> Jesse Ventura impressions are kind of easy to do, but kind of hard to do. Give me a break. Hercules shoves Marty McFly- Marty Gennetti. I'm all over the place. Roma punches Sean. Now all four of them are going at it. It's a Pier 6 brawl that gets a huge pop. Roma and Hercules get knocked outside. Vince says, this is an unscheduled matchup. How is this a match, Vince? It's a confrontation. Hercules and Roma are pissed. Vince chimes in, let's head to the event center. And we do cut to an event center. Now, I don't have this footage. But I do have what happens right after. Because Sean Moody fades away. And we're back in the Dayton, Ohio, Hera Arena. The Rockers about to do battle with a couple of job guys. Vince tells us that things have calmed down quite a bit. The match starts, but let's cut to just a few moments into the match. Vince says, we're getting word from the back. Roma and Hercules appear on the Superstars of Wrestling split screen, face-to-face, yelling. Vince tries to get their attention. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Finally, Herc turns to the camera and yells, what? Roma chimes in. We're not deaf. We can hear ya. All right, then. Are you jealous of the Rockers? That's the question. Jealous of the Rockers? They should be jealous of us. Look at this man, and look at me. Roma says, he's sick and tired of the Rockers getting cheered. We're going to get it together. We're going to become a team. And they high-five and yell, yeah! Straight out of an 80s movie. It's fucking glorious. Cut to next week. Hercules and Roma backstage in front of the soundstage area. Hercules says, you know, Roma, we're the best and baddest tag team in the WWF. But we were missing one little thing. Paul adds, Oh yeah, but not anymore. Come on in, Slickster. Slick emerges laughing and wraps his arms around the boys. These two gentlemen is a winning situation. Henceforth, they shall be referred to as power and glory. Cut to next week for another stand-up. Slick introduces the future tag team champions. And here they are, in all their glory and power, with the white shirts, Herc with the chain. And they have the red sunglasses that that dude Hollywood from Mannequin would wear. Oh my goodness, it's me Hollywood from Mannequin. And oh, those glasses are fabulous. And that's it. They're here. They challenge the Rockers. And by God... The Rockers are going to accept at SummerSlam 1990. And now you know the story of the power and the glory. But as I mentioned, 
SummerSlam 90 was the genesis for this whole thing. I watched the match and said, wow, I got to go back and fucking do me some power and glory. I went back and I did me some power and glory. So let's get to the main event, the final portion of this episode of Bright Man. Let's talk about the big double main event. Well, we're not going to talk about the actual big double main event. We're only going to talk about the opening match of SummerSlam 1990 between the Rockers and Power and Glory. Now, luckily, our main event is the opening contest of SummerSlam, so we get to watch the fantastic SummerSlam intro video with Vince letting us know that Hulk Hogan battles the Earthquake and the Ultimate Warrior faces Ravishing McRude. In the confines of a 15-foot-high steel cage. And then the little animated cage falls down, and it's so cute. It's SummerSlam! That's a hardcore S-roll you got there, Vinman. But speaking of S's, we are live from the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Home of in-your-house mind games. Vince McMahon and Rowdy Roddy Piper are our hosts for the evening. And the crowd is excited to see the hot rod. And, you know, good for them. I'm disappointed Jesse's gone, as I think a lot of us have sort of come to terms with. Rowdy Piper has a fantastic opening line that uh, is absolutely not an ad lib. He had this one memorized because when Vince put the mic, puts the mic in his face, he's ready to go and unload with it. Wham, bam, SummerSlam, where bagpipes are hot and Baghdad's not. Can you imagine, just for a moment, a, a, a random political statement being made on WWE commentary today? You know, uh, oh God, I don't even know the name of the guy that hosts Monday Night Raw these days. Uh, if he's like, tonight we're going to have Johnny Gargano taking on The Miz. And then Corey Graves is like, oh, and by the way, oh, everybody watching in Russia could suck my dick. <laughs> well, okay, suck my dick would not be, uh, would not fly in any time frame, but I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, it's interesting. It's just interesting. That's all I'm saying. Lots of great crowd shots. A massive amount of Simpsons t-shirts in the crowd. Now look, I know I'm a jackass and shit like, I, I kind of look for shit like that, but you can't miss it. They're everywhere. Everyone is doing the Bartman. And if you don't, you're in deep, deep trouble. I'll stop. Uh, Vince McMahon lets us know that tonight, Hulk Hogan and the Earthquake, to which Piper goes, ooh, like he sees a sexy lady. <laughs> and then he hypes Warrior and Rick Rude, and Rowdy Piper channels his best sensational Queen Sherry from Survivor Series 1989 and yells, IN THE CAGE! IN THE CAGE! Our first match is ready to go, though, and Vince lets us know it should be... Pause. Now, folks, sometimes I go on a tangent. I'll keep this short. The phrase Vince McMahon is about to say has lived with me since 1990. All right? I've said it a thousand times, and I used to say it almost every time I played with my wrestling toys, and it was time for a pay-per-view broadcast. Who, I mean, I have to imagine all of us podcasters uh, that talk about wrestling when we were kids, not only did we have the wrestling action figures, but we... We did our own shows and storylines and made our own pay-per-views where our toys wrestled, right? And we provided commentary for those shows. I have to think that's got to be a unifying concept amongst all of us. 
But when I would introduce a pay-per-view, like, Welcome to In Your House in My Basement. Oh, looks like Arn Anderson is ready to go against Scott Steiner. And the opening contest is going to be a humdinger. Because Vince McMahon indicates that this contest is going to be a humdinger. I've never heard it used anywhere else, ever, I don't think. But it's just a part of my DNA. But this humdinger is, of course, P&G. Well, I, not not Procter & Gamble. See, I can't, I, you can't really use the phrase. I live like one mile away from Procter & Gamble's like corporate headquarters. Uh, don't come find me and punch me. Uh, but, so, but, you know, P, whenever I say P&G, I think of Procter & Gamble. I probably shouldn't take my notes that way. But, uh, well, I guess if we're going with nicknames, instead of Power and & Glory and the Rockers, it's P&G versus the Walkers. As Roddy Piper will call them throughout this match. But yes, let's just get into it. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty run down to the ring. Shawn Michaels, hobbling and wobbling, clearly with an injured leg. Okay, that's and that's going to be a big part of this. But and, and if you want to get technical, Shawn is coming into this match with an injury. Well, how, Johnny, you've been praising this match. You, you hyped that it was going to be... Uh, a spectacular affair. And you're telling me that Michaels is working injured? Well, don't worry, fans. It gets worked into the storyline right away. Because as the Rockers get to the ringside area, they are attacked brutally by Power and Glory, who have been awaiting them in the ring with their full regal attire, their cut-off t-shirts, the chain, the glasses. They're, they're beautiful. They're glorious, if you will. And of course, their manager, the Doctor Style Slick. Now, one unfortunate side effect of this uh, having to work around this injury is that Vince McMahon must have 20-20 vision or some sort of fucking x-ray vision because we're in a nice wide crowd shot and we do see the Rockers get attacked by power and glory. Hercules swings his mighty chain above his head and then crashes it down onto something. Now, you and I all know that he's, quote-unquote, smacking Shawn Michaels' knee with it, and that's totally fine, and it's a great storytelling right from the get-go. But before we can get a clear view of what happens, Vince, on commentary, still in the wide shot, is like, Oh, no! He's he's just crushed Shawn Michaels' knee with that chain! Oh, unquestionably, underhanded tactics in the World Wrestling Federation. But... You know, Vince is a little too aware of what has happened before you could technically be aware of what has happened. But that's okay. It's not a bad thing. I just wanted to have a little fun at Vince's expense. Now, at this point, Marty Jannetty sees what Hercules is up to, and he will have none of it. He rushes at Hercules, does a Luthes press, sort of. He doesn't really make Hercules leave his feet, but he is fists of fire and fury. Paul Roma to the rescue, however. They beat on Janetti and toss him aside. So look, right here in this very elementary moment, they have established the narrative that the match will follow. Marty gets an energetic assault on one of the members of Power and Glory. And even though it electrifies the crowd and inspires hope, Power and Glory are two individuals. Marty is going to have to go with this bad boy alone. Back inside the ring, Paul Roma starts the match with Marty Jannetty proper. Piper says the power and glory are hungry. I like that, because it's true. He calls the Rockers the Walkers, as we previously discussed. He then says the Rockers look like they've been dating a few too many young ladies and don't look prepared for this match. 
Now, interesting double meaning here uh, on commentary. I guess you could say that Piper's being a heel commentator or being sort of old school about it, but it's also the common backstage political view of the Rockers, so I find it interesting. Marty and Roma are going full speed. Roma uh, gets Irish whipped into the turnbuckle, but it's reversed and then reversed again. And Roma leaps over a charging Marty Janetti. Roma then charges in with an elbow. Marty dodges. Roma charges back at Marty and gets a deep arm drag. Hercules pissed, runs in, deep arm drag. Roma's up, pissed, charges, deep arm drag. Hercules sees this, pissed, charges, deep arm drag. Shocking, I know. Roma then hits the ropes and delivers a flying crossbody, thinking, fuck this, I'm going to take this guy down. Marty ducks. Roma lands safely in the arms of Hercules. I love this. I love this a lot. It's visual branding, okay? Roma wants to take Marty down. So what does he do? He runs into the ropes, goes for a glory-seeking high spot, he miscalculates, but is saved by the power of Hercules. And then Marty Jannetty drop kicks them both as Hercules holds Roma in his loving arms. And the crowd is excited. They're very happy with this. They're into it. Power and glory get back up. Jannetty delivers a classic early 80s or 90s wrestling staple, whatever the hell you want to call it. It honestly works in any time. The double noggin knocker. Now, at this point in time, Vince is on commentary, very, very concerned for his baby boo, HBK. The numbers game catches up as Slick is distracting the referee, and Hercules stays in the ring well past the five count and helps Roma beat down on Marty Jannetty. They whip Marty into the ropes. They both lean forward for what I can only imagine would be a tremendous double back body drop that would put Marty somewhere in orbit in the stratosphere. Marty thinks about his daughter and summons the courage to fight back. In a fun spot, he kicks Hercules in the skull and then cinches up a small package on Roma. Now the crowd bites at this, but Slick still has the referee's attention. Finally, the referee becomes cognizant of this pit attempt and gets only a two count when Hercules breaks up with an elbow drop. Oh, come on, ref, blatant double teaming, disqualify him. No, no, let them fight. Let them fight fight let's find out who is the power and who is the glory now i love that if you think about it it doesn't really make sense because rockers aren't really trying to prove to anyone that they're power or glory but i i don't know i like it it works for me Janetti knocks hercules outside and we get a great camera shot because Roma takes Marty into the opposite corner where the Rockers would be making tags, and they're in the background of the shot. Shawn Michaels is in the foreground of the shot, desperately trying to use the ropes to lift himself up and get into the ring. Now, as I just noted, Hercules was knocked outside. He sees that Shawn Michaels is making this attempt. He goes to Shawn and just gives him a little bitch kick in the knee. Like, just a little meh. And HBK crumbles back down to the floor. Paul Roma whips Marty into the turnbuckle so hard 
that Marty bounces off of it and takes a flare flop face first because of the impact. And the crowd bites into this doing the, ooh, that looked like it hurt sort of noise. I would still like to point out at this time in the contest, Roma still has the glory shirt on. Oh, wait, he, j- he just took it off. Okay, so he takes it off right after this spot. Serendipitously, he took it off right after I wrote my note. Marty fights back, hits a sunset flip into an attempted pin. Now, Roma is doing the thing where it's like, oh, shit, um, oh, shit, I'm losing my balance. On the way down, before he can be on the way down, I saw you and I saved you from myself. I'm sorry, I said on the way down and all of a sudden my Tourette's kicked in. It's real, it happens, and that's okay. Uh, But on the way down, he tags Hercules, and Hercules, you know, gets into the ring because he's the legal man. And Roma goes to the outside. Shawn Michaels, again, is making an attempt. He's about halfway up now. Roma, as I mentioned, goes to the outside because he's no longer the legal man. Well, (laughs) well, he notices Shawn Michaels. He goes towards him, and he winds up and delivers a man-sized kick into the injured knee. Again, I love the contrast here, and let me explain. I joked that Hercules gave Shawn Michaels a little bitch kick, and I did say that for humorous purposes. In reality, it was just like a normal wrestling kick, okay? But here's the thing. Hercules is the power. A normal kick from Hercules is a devastating power move. When the glory has to kick Shawn Michaels in the injured knee... Not only does he wind up because he wants to make a big show of it, because he's a glory hound, he's got to wind up the foot to get the extra speed and momentum to achieve the same power results as Hercules. Because, you know, as much as he would love to be, he's just not the power, and that's okay. I really, really want to use my brand synergy catchphrase, but I'm not going to. Because I want to make it very clear, I'm super serious about that last point, and I'll take it to the fucking grave. Piper wonders, well, you know, if Shawn Michaels could even get into the ring, would he be of any help? Back inside, though, the legal combatants are Marty and Hercules, and Hercules hits a big gorilla press slam. Vince gets his serious voice, and he's like, well, earlier we had heard reports about Shawn Michaels' knee, and without question, it is certainly in a worse state now. Roddy Piper in a great old-school wrestling moment here, says that they should have kept that to themselves because uh, clearly Power and Glory are aware of this fact. They caught wind of it. Well, they done heard them reports, boys. They done their homework, and they're about to win their first SummerSlam match, I do believe. So I I like that. If this was a real thing, and, you know, Shawn Michaels walks in the arena hurt, and uh, Pat Patterson sees it. Well, Pat Patterson goes and tells uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because they're having a casual conversation. Can you imagine? Could anyone understand a casual conversation between Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Pat Patterson? But then Hacksaw goes and tells Dusty. He's like, hey, Dust, did you know Shawn Michaels has a hurt knee? And, of course, he talks with an excessively loud, normal talking voice. And Power and Glory are in the back, you know, lifting weights and maybe chewing on some, like, power bars. And they hear this, and they're like, <laughs> That's Hercules lifting weights with his glasses on, doing an evil laugh, by the way. <laughs> and as uh, Power and Glory walk away, they hear Dusty like, Hexel, baby, have you seen Sweet Sapphire? No, no, I haven't, Dust, but we're all still looking for her. 
All right, I fulfilled the quota. You do a show about SummerSlam 90, you got to work that in. It's done. We can move on. Hercules goes for a body slam. And, and it, there, is there's like some weird movement here, and it looks like a botch. But oh no, it wasn't. It was a blocked body slam attempt. Well, this angers Hercules, so he tries for the body slam again. And somebody in this match must be a fan of WrestleMania 3 because Marty turns that second attempt into a small package. But Hercules, mid-pin, tags Roma. And Roma did the exact same thing just a moment ago when he was getting pinned. Don't make me say it, folks. Don't make me say it. You gotta admit, that is beautiful tag team work by Power and Glory. Roma hits a Three Amigos backbreaker sequence. Well, he only does two backbreakers, but still, that takes a lot of strength. Marty counters an Irish whip and gets a big power slam on Roma. Well, Hercules is not about to allow a momentum shift, so he runs in to interfere and gets invited to a super kick party. What a perfect time in this match to execute a hope spot also. It's Wrestling 101, sure, but it's very effective. At this point, Janetti runs to the opposite corner of Power and Glory. He gets there and, and kind of stops and briefly, very briefly, ba- braces himself against the ropes just to get a breather. Why did he do this? I'll tell you why. He can't make the hot tag. He was going to, but no one is there. This is his instinct. He is a tag team specialist. Now look, the brilliant part of this is that it's not done in an exaggerated way to draw attention to it. It simply happens because it's instinctual fact. Because the character of Marty Jannetty lives in this reality. It's like if a character in Star Wars was like, holy shit, a spaceship. It wouldn't make any sense because that character is supposed to live in this fucking Star Wars galaxy. Well, Marty Jannetty lives in this universe. He knows when he's in trouble. He just goes and makes the hot tag. I love it. And I love the fact that it's not loud. It's it's subtle. If you don't know what you're looking for, you might not even recognize it. But I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm kind of a nerd. Realizing that he's now got to do this thing Han style, he runs to the other corner and goes up top and hits the rocker dropper. Roma, selling the rocker dropper, convulses like the rock taking a stone cold stunner. It is glorious. I'll see myself out now. Hercules breaks up the pit attempt at one. Roma and Marty reverse some Irish whips from one another, and Marty runs Roma into the ropes in that spot that would usually end in like them falling backwards and Janetti hitting a roll-up. However, when they get to the ropes, it's in the wrong side of town. Roma gets all showy and dives forward to duck his head in between the ropes, and Hercules murders Janetti with a very powerful clothesline. Roma tags a double-team Irish whip. They do a double-team pancake-style toss into the air, paying off that back body drop we didn't get to see earlier. And as usual, Marty Janetti gets extremely high. Roma picks up Marty like he's a worthless sack of shit, holds him in place by the hair, and a huge lariat from Hercules, and Marty goes the extra mile, God love him, and does the Rikishi cell. Hercules does the O'Doyle rules arm motion, and folks, I think that's the signal. Slickster yells, do it! Hercules sets up Marty Jannetty in the corner for a superplex. 
Before he goes to execute the move, he tags Paul Roma, which institutes a legal five count by the referee. Roma runs over to the turnbuckle, opposite of them, but on the same side of the ring. Hercules hits a superplex. Oh my God! In the air! Paul Roma comes down with a big splash. It's the motherfucking powerplex. It is timed and photographed perfectly. The referee goes down for the count. Paul Roma stands up. Fuck this guy. And just for a little extra glory, he pins the man with one foot. One, two, three. Welcome to the dance, power and glory. Now, let's grade this bad boy and analyze it. This match was ostensibly an introduction. The goal is to tell your audience that a new team has formed. Now, we have the understanding as wrestling fans that these two men were never really threats as individuals. Neither man was poised to dominate over the Federation in a singles capacity. Now, they're together, and it seems to be a whole new story. And this match accomplished that easily. Add in the fact that it was entertaining and the crowd was into it the whole time. Don't forget to throw in the extra effort and storytelling from Marty Jannetty. And you know what? Even Shawn Michaels was doing his part to tease hope. As the baby faces, that's what they're supposed to do. And last but not least, Hercules and Roma brought their concept to life. On the surface level, they were dominant and heelish. But the subtext also comes through. Hercules is the power. Roma is the glory. And you know what? Let's put a little cherry on top. The goddamn powerplex. I give this match four very real, no joking or sarcasm laced wrestling stars. Just a fantastic payoff to the small yet interesting journey that we have documented here in this episode of Bright Man. And I, I, I stand behind that. There was a lot of good things happening in that ring from folks that you usually wouldn't expect it from. And I think that that's pretty fucking inspiring to see. That might sound a little cheesy, but... I'm... What breaks my heart is that for some reason the WWF didn't seem to value power and glory as much as I do. However... Thanks to this little project, I hope it's clear that they came to play and were clearly game to make some waves. <sighs> but alas, it just wasn't meant to be. And folks, that is going to wrap up this episode of Bright Man. As always, I can't thank you enough for coming along on the journey this go-around. Please remember, if you like what you're hearing, to subscribe to the Aqua Cave so you get notified whenever new content drops. As always, I'm Johnny C. Hercules is the power. Roma is the glory. And a winner is you.